Well, thank you everyone for joining us here today. My name is Sarah Dewar. I'm the Senior Assistant Director for MBA Recruiting and Admissions at Fisher College of Business. And today I'm here with Matt Davis, a graduate of our Specialized Masters in Business Analytics program, to chat briefly about his experience in the program here at Ohio State. Matt himself was part of the first or the inaugural class with this program. And so a unique perspective here, um, also was a part-time student and we'll get into that in a bit. So Matt, thank you so much for being here today. And if you're okay with it, we'll have you first tell us a little bit about your career before joining the analytics program here at Fisher. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for having me. I'm really excited to, to join today. Um, yeah, before I joined Fisher, um, after undergrad, I actually uh, started my career. I, I joined and was commissioned in the Marine Corps um, and served as uh, commissioned in 2010 as a second lieutenant in the Marine Corps um, as an infantry officer. And so my my primary job for, for the seven years I was in was um, as an infantry officer, initially stationed in Southern California um, and you know, served in a few roles there, um, uh, really, as you know, leading a, a team of, of Marines um, responsible for kind of their training and, and as well as um, their combat readiness um, for, for deployment. So uh, yeah, I think my first three years, I really enjoyed my time um, as, a, as a, you know, leading a small team, um, deploying with that team. So seeing the progression of, of Marines um, go throughout the training cycle, um, as well as my growth as a leader to those experiences was really valuable. Um, and, uh, you know, as I came back from deployment, I served in a couple of different operations roles in the Marine Corps as well um, as a deputy operations officer um, for a, a, a unit or organization, about 1,200 Marines. So my job there was more focused on the day-to-day -day training readiness of, of that organization in preparation for, for deployment. So a lot of kind of logistics coordination and, and um, working with different entities um, in that role. And that was really my first experience kind of getting exposure to kind of training metrics and, and, um, and some, some data to, to measure effectiveness. Um, and then the, I guess the, the last half of my Marine Corps career, uh, I actually moved out of Southern California to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, so out of so sunny Southern California to the Midwest and uh, served in a more unique role in the Marine Corps um, as titled a, a, Marine, uh, a Marine Officer Instructor. Um, and so I was teaching actually at Marquette University um, and running their uh, Naval ROTC program for uh, individuals who want to become Marine officers. And so that was more of an academic role in, in training potential candidates um, as well as screening them to, to, uh, to see if they'd be successful as Marine officers. So um, yeah, it was, a, it was a great experience. I loved every minute of the Marine Corps. Um, at my, after my time at Marquette, I decided it was time to transition out of, of the Marine Corps. And then I started my first job in consulting uh, at, at Accenture. It's a large consulting uh, firm. Um, and that's what took me to Columbus. And I moved to Columbus um, for that role. Um, and at, at that time, that's kind of when I started looking into um, the program at OSU. Good. Thank you so much for that walkthrough there. Um, obviously, being now that your job as a working professional and a consultant now in the civilian career taking off after your transition from the military, yeah. that brought you to Columbus, that location-wise, it makes sense. But can you tell us um, why you chose an analytics program and why Ohio State's program was 
the best option for you or one that you considered? Yeah, I think what really brought me to, uh, to, to look at OSU was, you know, my, my first project in, in consulting was at a large university and they're doing a kind of a, a pretty massive um, transformation um, along with a, a new kind of technology implementation. So it was a really massive project and, and I was kind of um, just new exposure to corporate America, a lot going on. And as I was getting more integrated into the project, you know, I, I, I felt pretty confident in, in my business acumen, I, you know, just finished my MBA while I was at Marquette. And, um, but I, I found something kind of missing, you know, where I wanted to be was be kind of a really um, autonomous consultant working with clients and, and, and tackling pretty large problems. But I realized kind of a, a gap that I had and my skill set was just more on, you know, my, my data fluency, right? I wasn't as strong on the data side that, that some of my, my peers or leaders are that I looked up to. And so as I started kind of working with our data science team, I started asking more questions and understanding kind of their, their academic career. And that's when I started researching different schools. And, and OSU was obviously a first one to research just based on proximity, right? Living in Columbus, you know, drive by, drive by the shoe every day. And sure. <laughs> it's right there. Um, but also the, reputation of Fisher um, is, is really strong. And so um, as I was looking into Fisher and what programs they had, seeing that this new program, um, the Masters of uh, Business Analytics um, was just being rolled out, um, I attended the information session. And you know, as um, the, the program sponsors started describing it, it was just the kind of like a fit with, with the flexibility of travel and, and my life going on and everything. And it just made a a pretty good marriage with what, what I was looking for. Good. Thank you. Yeah. It's hard to be in Columbus and not yeah. be super aware of yeah. the Ohio yeah. state university. So, yeah. um, that proximity certainly helped. And, um, Matt, can you tell us some of the highlights from your experience in terms of the curriculum as a part-time student, um, for those who are listening in and aren't aware, this specialized master's in business analytics program has the option of being a 10-month full-time program or students can go at a part-time pace, which is what Matt has done here, allowing him to complete the program in about two years. So again, Matt, any highlights in terms of the curriculum um, that you can share with our audience today? Yeah, what I really what I really enjoyed about the curriculum, I, I think, was the was the sequencing of the different courses and the progression throughout. So, you know, starting with kind of data analysis um, as the foundation and building some of those skills as well as some of the programming skills was was really key for me. Um, but but then kind of going through the progression of descriptive and, and pers- uh, predictive and prescriptive analytics, um, culminating in the, in the capstone. I think we're was packaged up really well for, for I think all skill levels that you know are really interested in in being um, in, in this curriculum. But some of the courses I really enjoy, I really enjoy the sports analytics course. I think that's a favorite for a lot of people. Um, you know, I do enjoy sports, but but I think some of the skills that we learned there with you know scraping data from the web and, and different sources was was really interesting and, and allows us to just build models not only in R, but in kind of some more, more basic mediums too, such as Excel. Um, and, and so it opened up a whole world uh, to me of what can be done in sports, as well as Professor Draper kind of opened us up to different analytics in sports, such as horse racing and, and other things that I didn't even think about. So uh, that, was, that was really interesting. Um, 
And, and even in our group project, me and a classmate, we, we built a, a model to predict, um, you know, wide receiver success for the next year um, and use that. We both used it in our different fantasy football leagues to, to draft our wide receivers off of. And, and I was able to draft a wide receiver that uh, was undervalued in the ESPN model, but valued high in our model. So it actually kind of worked out. Um, so we, we still kind of, you know, trade emails back and forth and update the model each year. Um, but, th- you know, that, that was a fun kind of project. Uh, and I think the other piece, I, I really just enjoyed a lot of the exposure to different types of kind of models that we can build, the pros and cons of those. And, and I, I think how to build them is important, but understanding when to use them and what makes sense to, you know, for, for prediction to, to use. So that exposure, but also the context is really helpful because we can, you can code anything that, that parts, I think, you know, once you learn, it's not too bad, but understanding when and the, the trade-offs you'd have to make is really important for us. And, you know, as we take these skills to our actual jobs. So, uh, yeah, I think the course itself, the, the way the curriculum is packaged up is, is really fantastic. Great. Interesting to be able to take skills and apply it to fantasy football <laughs> draft. Um, on the other side of that, and you briefly mentioned the capstone project that you did. Can you talk to us a little bit about what that capstone was, how it related to your job in terms of maybe finding the project, having access to the data, um, and how those skills you're using are benefiting you, not just during your time in the program, but now um, in a professional setting, not just fantasy football. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the the capstone project was was great. I, I think that was the definitely the the, the, the highlight of the course. And yeah, like I said, I've, I got my MBA before, um, and I'm working on my executive MPA. So I, I've experience with other advanced degrees, and they typically have capstone projects. But the way this one's structured, I thought um, was the most robust and, and I think valuable to, to get the learnings out of the, the curriculum. And so my capstone was actually not related to my my company. But it's related to my work. So at Accenture, I work in our, our public service kind of strategy practice. And I actually partnered with United Way of Central Ohio um, to do a data-driven fundraising project to, with the goal to, to increase kind of workplace giving or, or actual donations. Um, and uh, what I really enjoyed about it is it allowed me to really dive into the topic that I didn't have that much experience in fundraising itself. You know, I understand like nonprofit organizations, but not the specifically fundraising aspect. And I was able to directly work with the client um, or United Way in this in this aspect. And I met with them monthly. Um, so I treated just like a client, um, proud, like a, a real, like my, my client work. I'd meet with them. I'd go on site to their, uh, to their work, you know, pre-COVID. And, you know, I'd work with their data team and their finance team to understand more about the data itself, but also the, the nuanced and, and kind of donor relations and the, the companies they work with. Um, and it really kind of opened me up to, you know, not is not just going in with a hypothesis, but going in, understanding everything that's going on. And then from there, kind of investigating and developing models um, based on the information I gained from not just the data, but also from, from the, the people that work there. So it, uh, I think that was extremely helpful. And then after all the research was done, which we were able to use kind of all the components of descriptive, predictive, and even the prescriptive aspect, 
um, uh, I was able to, pr to present my findings to the CEO and um, provide some recommendations for kind of, you know, near-term actions that they can, you know, immediately take as well as uh, like a long-term kind of data strategy for them. So, yeah, I think it was actually, you know, a tangible uh, product that they could take and, and use, um, which I think was, was also made it worthwhile all the hours we put into it. Um, but for, for me, is using each aspect of it over that year-long timeframe that we had um, was really helpful. Um, and, and the professors did a great job at putting structure behind it, where we had kind of different timelines. We had to you know, make sure you have your scope defined, uh, make sure you you know you've gotten your data by this time, so we can still make progress. But also align um, the the milestones with the stuff that we were learning in class. So it, it was a really thoughtful way to organize the, the project itself. Good. And just um, for curiosity's sake, in sounds like a really good uh, experiential opportunity to be able to kind of apply what it is that you're learning in a real situation or, you know, real models that will actually do something, not just busy work. Um, did you find that there were enough opportunities for you to apply what you were learning through experiential opportunities within the program or each of the classes outside of the capstone? Or was the majority of it specifically dedicated to your capstone project? Yeah, no, it's a great question. They, they each, each, I would say each class we had, you know, tangible kind of either group or individual projects that we worked on and that we would work on, you know, towards the end of the class that would kind of confirm our skills, what we learned. And then also we have to work on communicating those too, which I think is another big aspect is, is you know, communicating insights or recommendations. So um, every class that we did, we had that opportunity to, to tackle a different kind of problem. And then Capstone was just on a whole nother scale. But um, yeah, I really appreciated the, the kind of confirmation part at the end of each class um, that, that allowed us to do that. That was, that was great. And I think that there's going to be some sort of changes potentially to the capstone experience moving forward in terms of the opportunity to lead small analytics teams starting in August 2021. Do you see that as a good idea to also add in, in addition to the communication, maybe leadership experience with that hands-on, or do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's a great idea. It's... Um... You know, I think in the program, it's very easy to like, you know, focus on and hone our individual skills, right? Like, like learn how to be a better person, you know, cleaning data and, and building models and all those things. But, you know, I think leaving the program, most of the individuals who, who um, complete it are, are striving for either increased responsibility or, you know, a pivot to a different industry and eventually want to, you know, lead teams or are already leaving teams. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I agree. I think, you know, that new model allows, you know, the, the student to kind of lead a team, also own some of the work and, and work on, you know, I think those team leadership skills, which are always important to work on, um, no matter what, what your current role is. I think, you know, data itself is, is easy if in the context, you know, the, the incorporating the human, you know, dimension to it makes a data project much more challenging. So, yeah, I think it's a great addition. I'll be, I'll be, you know, definitely want to hear more about how how the first uh, rollout goes. Okay. Yeah, I think it's exciting um, and good too that you know a newer program, if you will, here coming in, and um, that we're still able to adapt and continue growing the program in a way that best serves our our students and 
the their employers and future employers of our students moving forward. So um, I want to kind of go back to a little bit more of your experience in terms of the uh, actual classroom and experiencing the curriculum as a working professional in the consulting industry, often requiring some travel. How did you balance the work, the education, and any of your personal commitments that you had? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I I, uh, I tried. Uh, no, it, I think the the part time option worked best for me. Um, you know, during the time you know this when I first started this pre COVID time. So I traveled Monday through Thursday every week, you know, with a pretty demanding kind of work schedule. And then when I started the program, my daughter was nine months old. So new dad, uh, traveling during the week, um, trying to kind of, you know, juggle my, my work, uh, school and, and also family time. So, um, I think, yeah, I, I applaud the full-time students. Um, I don't think I could have carried a full-time load. Um, with the family and work, um, just to, to make sure I could actually do everything um, to the best of my ability. But, and I also wanted to make sure that I, I understood all of the content um, and focused, uh, you know, on the part-time course load was definitely the best option for me. Um, but what I appreciated about that is having, having the actual option itself to, to, to do part-time because it didn't make it easy. It didn't make it difficult. There, there can always be kind of, there's a potential, you know, opportunity for, you know, you have a culture with the full-time folks and the part-time folks, but that didn't feel like that at all. It was definitely a very integrated classroom, both years I was in the program. So uh, it made the part-time option, you know, very easy for me uh, and allowed me to manage kind of all my personal commitments. Yeah. And in terms of the work itself, can you talk a little bit about that, that 75% online, 25% in-person, kind of what that demand looked like for a student, whether full-time or part-time? Yeah, the the, the blending learning, um, it was great for me because it allowed me to, to kind of juggle everything, right? Um, with, with traveling and, and you know, newborns don't always want to sleep on, you know, at the right time. So flexibility is key. But during the week, I, I would focus on, you know, at night, I would work through my asynchronous material. You know, I would try to stick to a schedule each week. Sometimes it would be more time on a Wednesday versus a, a, a Thursday or, or, you know, whatever the, the times were. Um, but I really enjoyed the 75% learning. You write down your questions. You could always email a professor, but the every other week, um, that time was really invaluable to, to confirm our learnings or to answer some of these questions or just to dive deeper into uh, an actual problem set uh, to make sure I really, I fully understood it. I, I think the blended option was great, you know, for, for kind of the way I like to learn is, is to, to learn on my own and then confirm and work with, um, with professors to ask questions, as well as just work a lot, you know, really well with a working professional schedule too. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I wish my original MBA was this model because it worked out really well. Um, and yeah, definitely a huge supporter of, of the blended model. Good. Yeah. And, and some changes, obviously, uh, post-pandemic here offers live streaming as an alternative to the in-person, I think only um, makes it more interesting or available to others who are also are juggling life and personal professional commitments. Matt, one thing I did want to circle back to was you mentioned being a part-time student. Uh, there was the potential of maybe full-time versus part-time students in, in cohorts inadvertently being um, uh, 
created, but that wasn't the case. It was a very cohesive student experience for you. So in addition to the connections you've made with your other students or peers in the program, what about student orgs or the faculty or the staff? Anyone that maybe really influenced your journey or supported you or was that support surprising to you as a student in this blended model of delivery? Yeah, it, it didn't feel blended when, when working with the professors, uh, each class, the, 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 you didn't see them for every two weeks, but it didn't feel like that because you had the asynchronous um, as well as they were always answering emails. Professor Draper, I had him in the beginning of the curriculum as well as the end. Um, he taught two courses and uh, he, he was just extremely supportive, always there for us answering emails whenever, you know, all times of night. He, he want, he want his goal is to make sure that we got it. And I think that was consistent across the faculty. Um, but um, I think, you know, the support was there from, from the faculty throughout, uh, even mentioned it in the capsule itself, um, having professors there to support us throughout the entire capstone project made it really helpful because it's, it's stressful, right? You're working the whole year, two years for, you know, this culminating event and, um, and the, the countless times um, that they would meet with us. Uh, they'd set up Zoom sessions um, during the week if we wanted to. Um, we were transitioning to COVID during, during the, the last part of, of my time at OSU. And that was extremely stressful. They made a very seamless transition. Um, so I was really appreciative of that too, because you know, it's very obviously, you know, the whole world's going through a pandemic shift and um, and they were fantastic throughout. So we, we would have a lot more Zoom sessions and they, they flexed to our needs. And uh, I really appreciated everything there. Um, and, and then the other aspect that I call out was just the, the veteran organization. So um, at OSU is fantastic. Um, from, from the start, when I, um, I used my GI Bill for, for this program, the ease um, to apply for it and for them to certify it and all the mechanics that have to happen each semester uh, were so smooth and, and it, it was seamless every year, every semester. Um, so I was really appreciative of, of the, the, the veterans office there, as well as all, all the, the, um, the supporting activities that they have for students, um, the actual veterans lounge and everything else. So I think those two things are definitely memorable for me is the faculty and, and the veterans org at the university. Yeah. Good. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's, it's nice to know that uh, even as a graduate student, I think, and a working professional, you think, gosh, will my relationship with faculty members still be there? Is that necessary? And it's almost as if the more, in your case, having your MBA, working now through this, but in working at previous uh, educational institutions, understanding the importance of those relationships and for it to be something that's so freely given by the faculty members that they genuinely care about you and your success, I think just makes the experience overall so much better for everybody. So yeah, um, yeah, totally agree. we're going to transition now a little bit into what you're doing now post program mentioned that you've graduated in 2020, um, August of 2020 <laughs> from the specialized master's in business analytics program at Ohio state can you tell us a little bit about what you currently do? Um, maybe highlight some of the ways you're using your degree and your current position. I, I'm assuming you're still a consultant. Maybe your client has changed a bit. So what has yeah. uh, this program allowed you to, to do or any professional growth you have examples of? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, 
Yeah, still, uh, still at Accenture. Um, I did get, I did get promotion through through this process too. So I think the the masters definitely, you know, assisted in that. Um, I think one just, you know, from, from a credibility standpoint, but also two from the skills I gained. Um, but what I do now, I still work with, you know, um, different clients. My my role has been elevated to more of a, uh, I serve as a delivery lead for projects. So now I'm leading teams on different projects. Um, since I graduated, I did a, uh, one project with, with a large state agency. Um, and in that project, you know, I was focused on um, leading like an organizational kind of transformation with, with change management. And part of that was leveraging um, Accenture's, we have a prescriptive analytic um, tool that we use. And um, I was managing the, the rollout and analysis and then eventually the recommendations of that. So um, my the skills I learned from Accenture, or, or sorry, the skills I learned from OSU and the on the data preparation um, and all the components of data cleaning to prepare the organization for the rollout of that tool was really key. But also understanding the, the different components of predictive and prescriptive analytics allowed me to talk directly to our data science team to prepare to ensure that I was the kind of subject matter expert to, to work with our client to roll out this tool. And eventually what this does is this allows um, the organization to see where they need to move to, um, what actions they need to take um, for that specific organization to um, achieve kind of the, the adoption that they want to, or the, the change that they want to. So, um, you know, massive transformational changes are very complex for organizations. And, um, and we leverage kind of data to make sure that we roll out the, the optimal plan, uh, the prescribed plan for, for the client. So I think my, my, I think, exposure and experience and skills from OSU allowed me to, to be able to deliver that um, much, uh, much uh, easier than I would have if I didn't have those skills. I don't think I would be put in that position. Uh, and the thing I'm working on now is that I work with a state agency or I work with a specific state um, in helping them manage all their federal kind of stimulus funding. And, um, and specifically what we're focused on right now, a lot of it's data cleaning and, and um, financial data cleaning, but also um, on descriptive analytics and, you know, building kind of public transparency websites so we can communicate to the public um, where, their, where, their, where their federal dollars are going. Um, and, um, and also communicating to executives on how to best optimize their funding stream. So yeah, I think I was able to, I do feel confident I was able to leverage really everything I've learned from OSU. I'm not always building models or fine tuning models um, for client work, but working with data science teams um, at Accenture as well as with the client and be able to talk intelligently about that, about the different aspects of data is also something that's really, you know, has really changed in my work and allowed me to be, to be more successful. Good. Yeah. And um, in your case, I'm assuming that you were with Accenture coming into the program and leaving the program, you probably didn't need to rely so heavily on their Office of Career Management. So just a general question here. Are you familiar yeah. with those resources or had you heard of experiences maybe your classmates were having utilizing the career office um, and career assistance here while they were students in the program? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I have heard of them and I do read their actual, the, the, the emails that get sent out. They're actually, they're really 
insightful on um, resume best tips or interview best tips, especially, you know, as we shifted to COVID, you know, the remote remote interviews, um, I read everything they sent out and it was, it's fantastic. Uh, haven't had to leverage them through my time, but also the good thing is that, you know, can still leverage them uh, going forward, which I think is a great asset to have. Yeah, absolutely. As an alum of the program, still having continued access to the career office and Another benefit for students coming in, maybe other students considering the program might not be at a time of transition or looking to pivot while in the program or looking for that promotion, but um, maybe sometime after the program, um, that being a very, very helpful resource. So I just want to wrap up here with my favorite question, always my favorite question. Um, What advice would you like to share with prospective SMBA students to be successful in this program? Yeah, um, I think if I had like a like tactical advice um, before you join is just, you know, I think learn more about kind of R and the programming language and and some of the foundational skills um, of of the course Um, before you get in. You'll have to be a master. They'll they'll teach you everything, but the more exposure, the better. I I had zero exposure to R, um, and so I'd spend more time on my own to learn it, but um, was still able to you know, learn everything. Um, but I think kind of long-term advice for success, I would say uh, is, is focus on the value of the data itself, right? It's not just about kind of collecting and analyzing data, and, and but it's more about kind of taking information or taking data, generating those insights, right? The, you know, what you can build plans on, and then really turning that Turn those insights into you know actual you know into actions, right? Things that can be actionable. That's where like the value really comes in. I see that you know in my work every day is is the value for an organization are actionable recommendations or actionable insights um, is the first piece of advice. And the second one is just you know communicating or, or storytelling with data is really important. So um, I know for me, I've always I fell into traps before where you fall in love with your analysis or your models and, and you know, they might not be actionable uh, or you might get into too much detail when communicating to an executive, but really being able to, to, to story tell, you know, the complexity of your analysis in a very simplified manner. Um, or I think better put, you know, communicating to a non-data savvy person, the, the uh, valuableness and, um, and complexity of your data in a simplified manner so they understand what you're doing is a really key concept um, as part of, you know, as an outcome to be successful as a data, you know, analyst or data scientist or even just a leader working with data teams. So I think that the my two would be um, actual insights and, and storytelling. Right. Thank you. And Matt, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you for your service to our country. Um, For those listening, this is Matt Davis here, a 2020 graduate of the Specialized Masters in Business Analytics program at The Ohio State University. Um, Just so you are aware, Fisher does accept applications for an autumn enrollment, whether you're looking for the 10-month program or the part-time option within this. And we are offering a GMAT or GRE currently. So if you have questions, don't hesitate to reach out. The team here would be happy to help. Um, If there's anything we can expand upon that was talked about today or just general information, we'd be more than happy to help. But again, thanks, Matt, for your time. We really, really appreciate it. And have a great day, everybody. Go Bucks.
Bye-bye. Thanks for having me.